0: Welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Dave. Yo! And Craig. Hey! Tori couldn't be with us this week. uh, Summer reading program and busy Saturdays. Uh, but, this week we have a very special episode. Uh, this is our Elantris overview. Uh, where Dave gets to ask us questions. And we get to mostly not answer them. Um... But we start out with Good Thing. So, Dave, why don't you why don't you start us off? My Good Thing this week is a song.
1: It's a song called Forest Interlude, and it is written by David Wise.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, which game? Uh, as far as I know, Donkey Kong Country
0: 2. That's what I thought. Has some good music. Donkey Kong Country 2 had excellent music.
1: That's possibly my favorite soundtrack. And Craig's going to get mad at me because it's not Chrono Trigger, but.
2: Well, actually, I think my favorite soundtrack might be Chrono Cross, but my favorite game and music combo is Chrono Trigger. I still got to well, go Mega with Mega Man 2. Mega Man 2 is really good. No, it's not. Wait, what's not? That's like the fourth best Mega
1: Man game as far as music goes. Mega Man 2? Yeah.
2: It's no dude, way. Sound, it's
0: like widely
2: regarded as like the best Mega Man soundtrack.
1: Yeah, there's a word for that. It's overrated. No, what? It's perfectly rated. It's You're so overrated bland compared to three, five, and six.
2: <laughs> Actually I do like some songs in five. Uh three, of course, has some good stuff. Three three I can definitely say it has a style to it. But yeah, I, don't, I just like to who's the one well, I like just it. I hum, I, I sing to my... It's
1: just... The problem with 2 is that every song has like a four-bar bass line that's just repeated over and over and over again. Almost like it's video game music. God. Yeah, but you have some games that surpass that, uh, and they <laughs> have Donkey Kong Country too. Bring it back. Bring it All back. Right. Uh, Although the, the, like, the best song in Docucon Country too is Sticker Brush Symphony, which has like kind of an underlying um, part that repeats throughout, like actually from start to finish, and just like loop in the entire loop. But it's it's kind of like the baseline, and there's this whole structure built on top of it, and it's really good. But I chose Forest Interlude as my good thing this week instead, even though it's my second favorite song. In Donkey Kong Country too. All right, Next Craig. Person.
0: Craig, why don't why don't so, you go? Because Dave's was Mega Man 2's soundtrack. <laughs> no. um,
2: so I recently played through a game. Um, that's uh, it, it's a it's a rogue but it, it's built on top of a nostalgic Windows three point one style to it called Kingsway. Chips challenge rogue. Sure. Um, so it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's a fantasy roguelike where you have a, your particular character, you go to different locations, you get items, you level up, you learn skills, that sort of thing, all presented on a Windows type, Windows three type desktop. Um, which it actually uses and not just like, Oh, this is nostalgia. Uh, it's, the enemies, the screens for the enemies, they actually move around and do different things. You have to click on Windows to, like, dodge attacks and things like that. So it actually uses the interface. It's more than just nostalgia. Um, so it's pretty neat. Uh, I played through it a whole bunch. Had a number of different characters. Some successful runs, some not so successful. Uh, and I found out, which I didn't realize at the time, that it was made by Adult Swim Games. And what I've learned about Adult Swim games is that I like a lot of their stuff. They make really good, tight, short, typically short games, but they're very well made for a quick, like, I need to play something, let's go play. Is this on mobile? No, it's on PC. Uh Ah, I don't know if you can, I mean, I guess you can do the mobile, but it's the whole mouse interface i mean it even has like customizations for the cursor you can change what it is you can do the mouse tra- use the, the trail jungle,
1: the jungle theme with the snake cursor
2: no they have other they have their own cursors but it does have the mouse trails oh, I had a, trails.
1: a friend at work was obsessed with robot
2: unicorn attacker or whatever yeah i like that one Another. there was um there's a ninja one i forget what it's Fruit called ninja? but it's a lot of fun no it's like House of the Dead Ninja, House of the... I don't know. So it's, it's a really fun, fun game. Anyway, the point is, check out Kings Way or check out some other Adult Swim games because they make good stuff. All right. I think they published it, but not make it, but whatever. So my um, my good thing this week, I
0: think Dave will really appreciate, uh, it's puns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, my, my current favorite pun requires a little bit of setup. I'm considering moving to Switzerland. I've been weighing the pros and cons. The flag is a big plus.
2: <laughs> yep, that it is. <laughs> so so my my friends, they have a piece of they have a sheet on their on their refrigerator with, you know, like the phone numbers at the bottom, but they're not phone numbers. In this case, it says these are terrible puns. And then they have little bits of puns that you can tear off. Mm hmm. I've seen I've seen those. So so yeah, that was my good thing, is
0: puns and that one specifically. You can tell that since Dave is speechless, he absolutely loves it. I, I got a pity chuckle out of him. True. I assume he's heard that one a few times already. Nah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> okay, well you should tell it to Ashiria, I think she'd enjoy it too.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't think I will. <laughs> okay,
0: so uh, let's get into Elantris. She might be watching that. Uh, so, so Dave, you read the entire book of Elantris. Why don't you? Why don't you break? No. What What are your questions? Uh, hang on. I have to bring them up on my
1: phone. So,
2: do you so, want me to so mute what... out
1: the beeps, or do you want me to mute my phone?
2: <laughs> All right. Well, what, what... While you do it, totally let me, interested. let me do a quick recap for those of you just joining us. Dave, of course, just finished the We've been doing it once a week. You can check out our podcast if you want to review the different episodes, the different chapters that we've been doing. Actually, we were doing three chapters a week, not one, but anyway, stuff happened. It was pretty cool. The, the guy who was set up to be the villain at the beginning turned out to actually be a good guy. It was good stuff. He wasn't he really saved, set he a the day. villain. Well, he was an antagonist. I shouldn't say villain, but he he was definitely okay. in the an- antagonistic role. Um, but magic, the the whole premise, of course, where the gods lived and walked among the people, they were supposed to be there forever. And in, what is it like? Does it not infinity? It's like forever. Eternity. Ending. Eternity ended ten years ago. So something happened, and the magic stopped working. And then the people. We're turned into, like, zombies. It's pretty, pretty creepy. And Living no one zombies. could
1: figure it out except this one dude, which is my biggest problem with the book, that nobody else could figure it out in ten years.
2: Mm, there's reasons. I don't know how much we're going to discuss. We, we have to be careful. But... Well, this will be my first question, and I swear didn't
1: record this one, but I think I asked it in the Discord at a later point, is Before. how long... Was the was the, uh, REOD removed from, like, when they first started transforming? Like, how long? What, had it been, like, thousands of years, so, you know, the science of how it works kind of was lost on people by the time the Rio took over? It was ten years. No, it, the REOD... The book starts ten years after the t- Riyadh starts, so- right? But how hey. much time passed between when they started Aeondor
0: and the okay. took them?
2: So um, how long were people transforming?
0: Yes. Elantrians have been happening on this world for as long as there have been people. Okay. So,
1: did people... Were there, like, a very, very small population of people that understood how it worked then? So uh, I think
2: what, what you're trying to get at is why do they not know the basics of their system? Yeah. So, essentially, there, there, there's a number of things, and I'm pretty sure I could talk about this stuff. Um, it's the, the the main issue. So So you have a combination of factors. Number one. You have the people that were eating books. That actually was a big deal, because a lot of their knowledge was essentially eaten and digested. Okay.
1: Ten the, years of reod and people eating books, sure. But like within the first three months of right. the reod happening... Like, so what you're asking no is, what
2: happened to the initial Elantrians when the Rio hit? That they well I know they're not they're react. not immortal. The
1: the initial Elantrians were probably dead. They're not immortal.
2: The main issue is that the people who were powerful with Aeondor were also the ones hit the hardest. They were the ones who instantly or very quickly succumbed to um the oh, know, their easy. Yeah, becoming, they were essentially the first to become Hoade if they weren't just outright killed in some way. Because at the very beginning, when this happened, you know, they were, there was fighting. There was like, you had the people outside who were suddenly attacked. Cause like, what the heck? What's, what are these people? So they were being attacked. They were attacking each other. Those that were strongest who actually understood Aeon Dor, they were the ones hit first and they couldn't do anything. I mean, it's, it's actually the reason why Raodin, is hit so much harder than the others that he some succumbs so quickly. It's because he's so good with AI door and he, he's good as a conduit for it. Um, essentially the door wants to go through him because of his connection. Um, and it's the same thing with anyone else who was really good with it. They had a strong connection. Therefore they were, try- they were the door tried to use them as a conduit to get out, but it wasn't working anymore. So they were hit, the ones who knew the most, they were hit the hardest. You had war, uh well, a, a Civil War-type situation. Uprising. Um, An uprising, sure. And then, of course, eventually you had people just, I mean, there were fires, people eating books. Like, over time, it's like that basic knowledge, because that's the basics. That's what you would get mm-hmm. in a, a local school in Elantris for the kids who become... Uh, and Elantran. Like, here, let's teach you the basics. They don't have that stuff where, you know, Raiden and crew eventually go and find all the advanced books, because why would they talk about the basics? So there are reasons. I mean, I'm not saying they're great reasons. I'm just saying it's not completely glossed over. Okay. Alright. Answer satisfactory? Hmm. Dave's gonna stew on that one.
1: yeah, I mean... I okay, I get like they couldn't the, the people that understood how it worked, you know they couldn't figure it out, but then so I guess and then I don't, know, I don't know how much time has to pass between something going wrong and people stop caring about finding a solution.
2: Well, it's not that they didn't care, it's that the people who could try to find a solution were also the ones who became hoeed faster, so. I would also imagine that there'd have to be
1: some non Elantrian scholars that know a little bit about it, too.
2: Well, and, and, and maybe people outside, but why would they help the Lanterns? Like, they have no. They don't have because any benefit. They, because or, they
1: were the backbone of their economy.
2: No, yeah, it was. Well, so the problem with the economy of the Lanterns is that they made a lot of things for free. So it's sort of like. All right, so they had power but they weren't necessarily economically strong. I mean, well, it's it's like counterfeiting. You you make stuff, you devalue the stuff because you're making it.
0: Uh, you're I think you're coming at this from the wrong angle. The Elantris at its height was a post-scarcity society. They could create yeah. anything, like any sort of basic Like Star Trek. Yeah, like yeah. Star Trek. Elantrians basically all had replicators. They could turn garbage into food. Uh, they could make you know simple furniture. They had an agreement with the merchants guild to not make like luxury goods, but they could have. They provided you know free healthcare. It's yeah,
2: and then all of that collapsed. But true, and when when you had societies based on on their when on their system, it 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 caused turmoil. I mean, I think part of the issue is is what Fjordel was up to at the same time because the Dualdell Republic switching over is is a recent thing. It happened, you know, in in the middle of this past ten year period. It was relatively recent, so it's not like the Dualdells could have done anything. They had their own issues to focus on, Mm. and I'm not entirely convinced the Lanterns actually knew that their city was designed like in, in terms of this. The Aeon Spirit. I figured
1: it out just by looking at a picture of it.
2: Sure, but... Okay. That might not be the thing that was recorded. We don't know how much was actually recorded about what they knew. I don't think most of them knew, but I think some of them must have. But they might not necessarily have been able to say, Hey, we got put this Chasm line in. Like... There's a number of things that led along to come to the conclusion.
1: Like, like when when they the crystal scar first came, did they know that it was there, or did they have to like go send scouts? Like, oh look, there's that's what that shaking was. Well, there was
2: an earthquake. They people know there was an earthquake, and the 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 one guy is like his farmlands has the chasm, so like they're eventually aware that this has happened. And a lanterns, I mean. Before, before the Ryo, like, they could teleport, there was instant communication with the Aeons, but the moment it hit, you didn't have Aeons anymore, for the lanterns lost their, uh, not Aeons, the, um, Seons, sorry, Seons. So they Um, lost their Seons, so they lost their communication, they wouldn't be able to teleport because they could no longer use the door, so that instant transfer of knowledge was completely lost, and that's what they depended on. So all of a sudden you have no idea why you're suddenly a zombie because the news has not traveled yet. True. And
1: I guess it's kind of like uh, they're going through withdrawal, too. Like right. They, they're like completely depending on something. and so, so what they would need to know is they would have to know the size. Like, like and if you took away... It's like if you took away, like, a teenager's cell phone, they'd go crazy, because they don't know what to do without it, because they're just <laughs> sure. relying on it. Yeah, so they these, would
2: have to know darn kids where... Today. They'd have to know <laughs> where the chasm is, the location, the size, so that way they can draw it to their Aeons. But those are the ones... That, again, like I said, the ones who knew that needed to happen, they were also the first to succumb to the Hoeed. So now you get people who are like, I don't know what to do... About this information.
0: Okay. And That's a pretty good answer. They would have been hit with, like, at least as strong as the worst of what was hitting um Rayodin, Like, right yep. before he, he fixed it. Immediately, without any sort of lead up, without any anything to sort of get them acclimated to it. It would have been just, like, immediately the door beating on their brains with a hammer. And then they'd be dead
1: as a doornail. Hmm.
0: No, just Undead. in pain forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Alright, so... so make it yeah. to the reflecting the
0: What's your next question?
1: Okay. Um, why does the deck for magic <laughs> still work in Aralon? So, we know that at least Aeon Dor is tied to the lands and the closer you are to Elantris and the closer you are to... The giant Rayo Aeon, then the stronger your magic is. Yep. And um, there's the Dakor magic, the way they twist their bones and carve their bodies up and stuff, represents runes similar to Aeon Dor, it's noted. Uh but are there are there symbols tied to uh
0: the Fiordel land as well or Yes. Or is but it just, were completely differently let me let me explain and i think i have and to do this a little bit shooting
1: backwards from jindo jindo okay so well, let's
2: let's let's talk about that core first
0: okay well to explain this i kind of need to start with elantris i think all right so elantrian aeondor magic has like a baseline power level that no matter where you are, it always works at least this well. The city of Elantris acts as a power booster, so the closer you are to that, the more powerful your stuff gets. But you're never going to drop below that baseline, no matter how far away you get. Every other magic system just sort of sits at that baseline, because they don't have a power-boosting city. So you can cast Prestidigitation, but that's it. Well, no. You can you can use all of the all of the Aeon door that you that you have. It just doesn't work as well away yeah. from so, That's like
1: That's true because we're still able to once they put the Chasm line in their individual Aeons, they were still able to cast weaker spells before raid and fix the giant
2: Aeon. Right. So, so the put, to put it in perspective, to, in order to teleport the the Dakor, you know, you have to you had to kill someone. To essentially teleport, whereas the Elantrians don't need to do that. Um, same thing, I'm reading the, the wiki now. Apparently to get the ability to negate Aeons, which is like Delof has that ability, the resistance, um, it requires the deaths of 50 people to give that power. Per hour. no. No, just the resistance that it was granted to D'Loff required the deaths of fifty people. So it's a different power level. It requires sacrifice. At least that's the way they use it. The de- specifically the Dakor Monastery, not not necessarily Fiordel in general, because right. they each have their own expertise. Dave, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons?
0: Yes. 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 Okay. Um casting or using Aeondor in Elantris is like casting fireball but that's been maximized and enlarged and empowered. So you're you're at like five spell levels higher or spell slot levels higher. Outside of Elantris you're still just casting fireball. It's still the baseline fireball. You just don't get that extra boost. You get me? Yeah.
2: And the thing is with the Dakor, they have a different set of abilities like the whole negating of Aeons, which might seem powerful, but it just interacts in different ways. Um they're they're not doing as much in terms of what Elantrians can do. There's a reason why, you know, Raiden's crew can eventually hold back the different the Dakor monastery. Like they are powerful once they get their power back. Because they're in Elantrius or nearby. Even Toad's not that far. Alright, next question.
1: What's the deal with d Love saying Wern's letter didn't say what it said?
2: What's the deal with airline tweet, food?
1: She paraphras what I actually probably said for real, so I guess those are
0: my
2: words. Uh, I don't have my book on me, so I can't actually answer this one. Um,
0: okay, so Wern's letter. Let's let's just talk about that as as an over... just a topic. So... Near the end of the book, uh, you have the former Arteth of um, Aralon, who was given an assignment to, assassinate... to to assassinate um, Hrathen, right? Yeah, yeah. And we get a little bit from his point of view, where he was told to be in Tiod on this day at this time, and he'd be able to kill Hrathen. And he got that info from Wern. But he doesn't know how Wern got that info, and nothing that we've seen up to this point would give us any indication that, like, Wern would have any information about that. Like, he wouldn't know anything about this.
2: Well, no, 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 that's not true. Parathan was in regular contact, and, and I think at, at one point Delop uses the the Sion, well, the, the fake Sion that Parathan has.
0: To know that Raythun would be in that specific spot in Teode at that exact no, time. No, not
2: that specific spot. No, no.
0: That's that's where hey, I'm going Aphixion. with this. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um. So what all of this is meant to imply, and this is confirmed by the, uh, um, the thing that Brandon does, where he goes in and talks about his. What is that called?
2: Annotations.
0: Annotations. Thank you. Um. Ama. Yeah, this is this is confirmed by the annotations for this chapter that uh this is meant to let you know that Wern has some limited um precognition. So he has future vision. Right. So with that in mind, back up three months to Raythan getting the letter, telling him that he has a three month time limit to convert Errolon, and if you put all of that together uh, Wern knew that Elantris was going to recover within three months.
2: Hmm. That's a good point.
0: Uh, now, oh. I think that that timetable got advanced by Hraithan, by Hraithan being there, um, because Hraithan being there led to a series of events that caused Sereni to get put into Elantris to give um, to give Rayodin. Ray- uh, some of the clues he needed to figure it out a little faster. Like he still would have gotten hmm. there on his own, but she gave him a little push to get him there faster, which then advanced the timetable. Which that's that's re- a really neat point. I like this theory. So yeah, according according to Wern's, like what Wern would have seen at that point, Um, Elantris was going to be back within like in three months. So wait,
2: so so Brandon said that that he Wren has some way. Of Brandon looking.
0: Brandon confirmed that, that Wern, not Rin, different people.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's whatever. Not the king of
0: Stormwind, Craig. What is it? Wern? Wern. W Y R N. No, you didn't. I said no, you Wern said Wern. You have I said Rin every time. Anyway. Just
2: just you know. You know what you
1: should
0: do when you edit the
1: episode, you should just highlight him saying Rin <laughs> Amplify it and repeat it a couple times Rid,
2: rid, rid, rid Anyway I know I say it sometimes, but, you know, whatever
0: Brandon uh, confirmed Wern. in the annotations that Wern has some limited precognition Okay uh, Everything from that point is is Sort of my speculation, but I feel like it holds up Pretty well No, I,
2: I think it's fair So
0: he has
1: specific enough precognition To say Trayton will be, although maybe Oh, never mind, okay I, well, I mean, so by he death. says, oh, no, it makes sense. It makes sense because the former Arteth would have he would have gotten like a different vision to tell the former Arteth where to go. So, like,
0: right, okay. updated info, basically. Yeah. Okay. Whereas That's at the
1: time of the is letter writing, of where Hurathan's going to be at a time and place is more specific because it was updated info,
2: yeah. right? And he All probably right. also saw that he had to deal with Hurathan... Otherwise, you know, Diloph wouldn't be successful, and we all know how that turned out. Yep. So just,
1: I think it's a stretch to say. I, I mean, that explains the difference in in timetables. That's a really good explanation, but I think it's a stretch to say. Like, look at the specific wording of Warren's letter, and well... and read and like even knowing what he means. It's still hard to read it and infer that he's saying that no redemption is possible.
2: So, oh, so, no, so no, 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 no. About this. Okay. Think, so, think about this. Diloph is a fanatic. He's a religious fanatic. What Diloph reads might not... He he has his own interpretation of when he reads, you know... That's
1: read, true. Was, was the one who
2: burns
0: letter. interpreted that letter.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, Dilof is bat poop... Um And he was sort of off the deep end at that point. Like, you you aren't you shouldn't be taking what he says at face value. Oh yeah, I guess I never really did. So so yeah, like that's that's not. Oh yeah, no, the letter means a completely different thing to what you thought it you thought it meant. No, Delof's just crazy and sort of off on his own. Uh. Yeah.
2: Because by that Maybe point, it, Diloph had his own instructions to go ahead with his plan of basically killing everyone.
1: I guess I interpreted it more as an authorial twist, you know, from the perspective of Sanderson. Like, ah, oh, see, gotcha. Go back and reread the letter.
2: It, no, it, I don't I think... It,
0: okay.
2: I mean, but he may have intended that, but
0: D-Loph. I don't know. It's... But, eh. It's not we a great. Can
1: still, we can still justify it by saying it was Doloff's crazy interpretation of the letter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I'm satisfied. Okay. Next, Next question. question. Next question. <laughs> um, apparently, I said this
0: or something.
2: <laughs> well, you're like, do the gods? Yeah, is Jane in, in charge of
0: goats or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no? No, that's that one is a direct quote. <laughs> that is a direct quote. Well,
1: some of them. Are in. okay alright read it out let's take it one question at a time okay part three of the third bullet point that Tori wrote do the gods do anything that's the first question
2: no I think Uh, you should read it all because I have a general answer Okay. this is kind of all tied together
1: is Yadith just in charge of goats or whatever are they just mythological do the gods do more than watch goats?
2: Okay. So, y- Yadith is not the god of goats. Um, in charge of goats or whatever. <laughs> uh, so, the, the way Sanderson writes his world, like, creates his world, He tries to have a very natural view of it. Like, this is something that can happen over time. Like, he doesn't start with his story and be like, this is where it is. He he tries to, because he's an outliner, so he'll try Mm -hmm. to take things and get a general idea of this is how technology advances. This is how culture advances. That's why, like, in this particular planet, we have a lot of different cultures and the way they interact. There's some similarities. on, On this planet, yeah, so. Um, the the planet is called Cell, uh. But you ha- you'll see that there's some similarities to our history, but it's not quite the same. They have differences there. Um, and in this case, we're talking about religion. It's not necessarily what really exists on this planet. These might not be actual gods, so much as this is a religion that has formed over time based on certain things that that might've happened, certain teachings, like what, 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 who was once a teacher might've been revered as a God eventually uh, on this planet, I'm not saying any definites. I'm just saying don't take just because the, the, the book says this is a God as in the characters view them as a God doesn't mean these are actually gods. So, yeah, uh, I think the answer is they could just be mythological. And if you if you want to try to dig for
0: more, uh, anything more specific than that is going to get you a RAFO. So, so RAFO <laughs> is
2: is is important in the Sanderson community because it's what Sanderson himself gives people. He has a card that says R-A-F-O, as in read and find out that he'll give to people when they ask a really good question that's. Not going to be revealed yet until a future book. He'll answer some things, but not everything. This is a Raffo.
1: So is that card in his magic deck when you played against him?
2: Probably. <laughs> no. Not that particular
1: card. Oh, man. They should print oh, so out. It an interrupt?
2: <laughs> That's right. interrupt still when you played? <laughs> and, well, they have instants now. They don't really have specific interrupts. They've, they've gotten rid of the interrupts for the most part, I think.
1: Remember Source? <laughs> hey, yeah, um, I want
2: to play some more magic. It's fun. I, I miss okay, playing magic. So...
0: Alright, next question. Wait, 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 wait. Is I that answer your question, Dave?
1: No, because Sereni's, like, reading this history of how uh, Yadith used to be the goat. Like a <laughs> like the goat god, and then <laughs> He saw it power to be a bigger god like
2: Okay he so so a bigger god The best thing I can tell you is look at our history you had certain gods in in mythology that have evolved over time like what start I'm trying to remember a specific example but it was like the Babylonians or something they had like this old like the people they conquered they took like a simple like goat god And they evolved it into a god of something else. And then it was practiced as that. Like the Romans, who sort of... Well, Romans did that too. The Romans sort of took other gods and incorporated it into their pantheon. With differences. The Roman gods are a little different than their Greek counterparts. But still, the point is they took their view and evolved and adapted it over time. You had the exposure of Norse gods that the Vikings took with them, that our language is still based on some of these gods. Like, like Thursday. Like Thursday being Thor's day, and Wednesday being Odin's day. Or Woden's day. Tuesday
0: being Tuesday, Friday being Freya's day. Yep. The, so the exceptions like, are Sunday for the sun, Monday for the moon, and then Saturday for Saturn, which is a
2: weird outlier. It is. There's a huh. Roman in there. But yeah, so that's, that's the whole point. Like... This has evolved over time. And especially I'm when Sereni is reading things. the history. sereni's reading the history and it was slightly different. It's like these... Their interpretations have changed over time. And and the, we have proof of that with Fiordel actively changing their history. What they, they view as correct for, for you know, Yadith and their I'm gonna religion. I'm going to reread
1: that chapter, I think, later where Serini's the book about um and maybe it wasn't goats maybe it was pigs or something he was like it was like a pig farmer god or something but i'm gonna reread that and i'm gonna reread that with the perspective of this is a character that's reading a book about what may or may not be an actual supernatural being
0: yes all right next question
2: well is that satisfactory
1: yeah, that's uh that's uh I'm going to go
2: back and reread it. We're I I, th- I think for a few of the things you were reading, it's like you said you were taking like Sanderson as the author being like an omniscient narrator and author this is what is correct for the world, but that's not his style. It, the characters are the ones with the knowledge and they they reveal their perspective and and the knowledge based on their perspective. Based on their history. That's what we okay. get.
1: Okay, we have a big question from Tori. Tori writes I still haven't gotten a satisfactory." wait, I'm sorry. Tori writes I still haven't gotten a satisfactory answer to <laughs> could an Elantrian learn how to make Aeons based in other countries so that they could be equally powerful if they were far from Elantris. What's stopping those other countries from making their own giant Aeon cities to amplify their own magic users' powers?
2: Alright,
0: so... So for part one, uh, that actually mostly got answered in an earlier well, question. We're gonna,
2: we're, we're gonna answer it anyway.
0: Okay. I was so, getting so, there. but, but, but,
2: but, but no, Mr. That's Mr. actually not the question. That's not the full question. It's not can the El- trains make Aeons anywhere. It's can the trains make Aeons that are in the shape of other geographical locations. And the answer so is no. Sure. It has an asterisk next to it. So what's special about Aralon, then? Nothing. It's not what's special about Arlon. it's the combination of the people and where they live. As okay. in... <laughs> what? <laughs> so every... Um,
0: on On Cell, because of the way the magic system works, and Going into that as a Rafo. Um every sort of region has its own s- separate magic system. Um which you've already seen some examples of. You have Aeondor in Eralon, you have um Dakor in um Fiordel. thank you. You oh, have Che in Jindo, you have Tayshan, is that what it's called? Chayshan. Chayshan. Che Dance uh yeah the the magic Tai Chi, so all of these are sort of unique to people from and living in that specific region um once you have acquired that power in whatever way is appropriate to that specific power set so in Erlon it's waking up one morning as an elantrian in um in Fiordel it's Go to the Dakor Monastery and sacrifice some people your to twist bones. your bones. Yep. Uh, in Jindo, apparently, it's just learning magic tai chi. I don't... They don't go into specifics. I don't know.
1: What if uh, and Rathan had Babby, and would he be Would he be bone magic, or would he be... So, so, so think magic?
2: about it this way. There are some doula that that become a lanterns. Even though mm-hmm. they're not quite in Arlan, they're nearby. They're on the border, right? Yeah. But so, it's, it's only
0: Dooladels that are physically near Elantris. Yes. yes.
1: So it's so, based on the location of where you're born, not your ancestry?
0: Uh, not even... Okay. Partially, the, the genetics go into it some, Somewhat.
2: Um, so, so, like, th- think about it this way: in our world, like, I- I'm American, right? Like, I-, I identify reluctantly as American. However, I know where my, pa- like, my family, my ancestors are from, so I can tell people, "Hey, I'm German and Italian and a bunch of other stuff." So, right, like, I'm from part Chile, of it,
1: but I'm also from Delaware.
2: Right. Part of it is that. So, so, and and this is an unusual case in that my parents are something, and you have a lot of different groups.
1: He's also from Nazareth.
2: You got a lot of groups in America that are like that. Whereas you go somewhere over in Europe or in Asia, they're like, like, like you go to Japan, they're they identify as Japanese. They are from Japan. They were born and raised and live in Japan. They identify with Japan. So you have that. It's that I, sort I, I, of feeling. I
1: understand that. Oh, I forget. Where, how does that tie So in the season? whole point
2: is the people Habit. have to feel... Like, they, they have a connection with where they are from and where they uh, live and who they are. You need that in order to be able to use uh, particular magic system. So
1: it's more your identity than... You were, like, literally born in this place, or you literally lived in this place for so long. It's
0: more of a, yeah.
1: like, what your identity is.
0: Sure. But there's also, apparently, a, a genetic component, because to... As far as we know, there's never been a Fjordel, like, someone of Fjordel descent. No so matter I, how long they've been living in Erlon, who has
2: become an Elantrius. Yeah, no, yeah, we don't. I'm not, Just no, yeah, <laughs> Wraithan doesn't use... A4, what are they but... do with the third potion? So... Wraithan? Okay. Well, that's, that's a different question. So, um... <laughs> I'm not fully convinced that's the case. Like, I feel like if you have... But you'd have to have a family who has lived in Arlon for ages. Like, they essentially have, like, probably interbred with other Arlons that it's... Like, it, it's it, it's a moot point. You'd have to have a whole community... Like, yeah, so... Okay. Yeah, no, no, basically you're not going to have someone from Furadel move to the Elantran area and somehow be be able to... Even their kid probably wouldn't become... Like, it's... You need to really identify with being from that region. Like, as your full identity is, I am Eralish. Okay, so, part two of Tori's question
0: is... Uh, What's stopping those other countries from making their own giant Aeon cities to amplify their own magic users' powers? And the answer to that is nothing, except that depending on how those powers sort of present themselves, it would be prohibitively expensive, like for decor. It's entirely possible that that monastery is actually made of twisted bones. That's true, yeah. into
2: cool... Shaped into, like, the decor <laughs> runes. That is a good point. It probably is. I mean, I, I was going to say their bodies, because they reshape the bones. I mean, there's runes on the bones in addition to the shapes of the bones themselves. I feel like the bones and the shaping of the bones is actually used as a bit of a power boost. A conduit on top of the runes themselves. Yeah. But, like, just... Man, that would take a lot of dead people. Portable charger. charger. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the case. I, wait, well, whatever. I would not be surprised if that was the case.
0: Yeah. There could be other examples around the world of Cell, of, like, Elantris style we made we-made-a-power-booster
2: place. I think what got the Elantrians so powerful in the beginning is because of how cheap their magic system is compared to like the other places. Like, okay, martial arts, not too bad, but it's still physically demanding. Like you have to be in shape and you know, just it's a lot. It's, it's physical activity in addition to the mental activity of, of what movements you're making. The bones, very expensive shaping of the bones, sacrificing people. It's expensive. A launch so you draw something in the air, boom, it works. Yeah. So they were cheap, which is why they were able to form the society and be such a powerhouse that they were. And real quick, Youfear in chat says I never thought oh. that the build may be made of bone. Oh, dot. And there's yeah, the general with the sword fighting and glowing while fighting, yeah. So yeah, it's that it's was possible. Just
0: the glow of his sweat.
2: It, glow of his
0: sweat. It's possible that other places have already done this and we just don't know about it. But I th- I feel like there's a, like, prohibitive level of expense for yeah. most of it. So, alright. Do you have any other questions?
2: I thought you had one, and we sort of were gonna get back to it. Or just anything Nothing. you can think of.
1: Uh, I have another question that I meant to ask in the beginning, but I forgot.
2: Okay. I'm Where's actually surprised Seth? that... Where's Seth? That's a good question.
0: Um, Seth also could not be here this weekend. Um, He... His work is, like, he, he's a hotel front desk manager, and it's tourist season where he lives. Uh, they right. they move to upstate New York, I think around Niagara, and it's just super-duper busy right now.
2: I should visit his hotel when we go to Niagara next time.
0: So, uh, how about from the chat? Do we have any questions about Elantris from the chat? Including yeah. spoilery stuff. We can just
2: kick uh, Dave off the call. So you fear, we see you in chat, and you, I think, recently read Elantris.
1: Maybe he has a question. If it's not spoilery, I can try to answer it. See if I remember.
2: Sure, or you can flex your your mental muscle.
1: Great power. <laughs> Great power.
2: Yeah, I eat
1: there's no fate. Take
2: control. Brain power. Should I play that for my stream? Uh, I
0: suspect that we're in no danger of getting our VOD muted from that.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, so... I, oh, here I we don't, go. I, I, think, I think Mike and I will talk about some things afterwards, after we kick Dave off. The pool of water on the mountain. Alright, Euphir has a question. Oh yeah, I had a question about that too. Okay. Well, do you want to try to answer Euphir's question first? Well what is his question? Yeah, yeah. He didn't ask it yet, he's still typing. What's your question? What's so we don't deal? have to dare. What's the deal? Yeah. Well that's, um That's fine. If you're just what's the deal in general, you're gonna get wrapped. Right?
1: <laughs> well my question is like Is it just bull crap that do you have to be willing to be dissolved into the pool?
2: No, or... it's not bullcrap.
1: It seemed like it was just like it was. It was only a thing so that we could be teased and Brandon could draw out that scene in oh, the yeah. montage. Well, it makes
2: sense to us.
0: It a little bit. It actually was a tease, and it was Brandon drawing out the scene. There's more going on there, but, but yeah, hey
1: guys, I can fix the door.
0: Yeah, it, it went it went very like <laughs> Benny Hill
2: for a I minute there, but there is a logical explanation. You're just not going to get it
0: yet. Um, we may get to come back to that after, after after Mistborn Book Three. Okay. After Mistborn Book Three, a lot of stuff opens up, and we'll be able to talk to about a lot more things. All right, (laughs) so we're gonna learn about it in ten years. Got it.
1: Ten years.
0: (laughs) This is our own Rio. But like, there's there's important things that happen in in the Mistborn first trilogy that I don't want to ruin for you. I want you to experience it on your own, very slowly, very very slowly.
1: If I'm you know just reading Sanderson for the first time ever, and I've I've never read any of his books, where I'm like there, I've read Elantris and it was so good. I'm anticipating his next novel, and then Mistborn comes out. Do I know that this is connected to Elantris? No, as he, I read it, or immediately, or is it like on the back, like this takes place in the same multiverse as Elantris? So they here. don't
2: they don't flat out say that he has talked about it when he goes to like conventions and so- book signings and things like that. He's mentioned his overall plan is to make this connected multiverse um, where all yeah all of these things share sort of a magic system and that sort of thing. Okay, um, so I have
1: my brand new first edition Elantris copy, and I go meet Brandon and have him sign it, and I say, is your new book going to be a sequel to Elantris? He'll say, well, there's some connection.
2: Yeah, that's basically... Because he had the plan from the beginning. So when he wrote Elantris, it was essentially his, I think, fifth work that he wrote. Like, he has other stories
1: Uh, that were never published.
2: So he always intended for this to be a connected universe, but he didn't flesh it out until after Elantris. Essentially, Mistborn is really what fleshes out the Cosmere. Like, he started getting... Like, a firm idea of what where he wanted to take things. But when he wrote Elantris itself, there were some fuzzy bits. Like, eh, maybe I'll deal with this later. But once we have Mistborn, it's like, okay, this is how things work.
0: So that's like the hub world of the Cosmere.
2: No. One of them.
0: Yeah. There are, okay. I would say, three that you might consider hub worlds. And one of those we haven't actually gotten
2: anything published on yet. Stay tuned and find out. And and yeah, I'm not. But going I, into give, more I get to get. I want to get that. you yeah. fears question. I want to talk about you fears question after we kick Dave off. Stay foe. All right. All uh, right. All right. So I'm anything go else, get Dave? Some fork roll. So are you satisfied with some of these answers and feel like you fleshed out Elantris a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I like uh, learning about the other magics and how they. You know, they don't work exactly the same as Aeon Dor.
2: I mean, in general, so one of the things I like...
1: They might not necessarily you know, They might not necessarily have to be in the land for them to work, or they don't have... They also don't have the giant conduits for the other types of magic, so maybe they're actually more strong at their base levels.
2: So that makes sense. I mean, one of the things I like about Sanderson in general is that we can have these discussions. Like... It's more than just, you know, like let's say we're reading Harry Potter and we can sort of talk about how magic works. But, you know, there's some fudging here and there. Like, this is like we can talk about it. There's rules. There's underlying reasons for the way this works that we can theory craft. We can analyze and we can discuss. There and are you'll get more of that. We may not yeah. know those answers.
0: We may not ever get those answers, but there are definite answers.
2: And you'll get to be included more as we continue reading with this podcast. So, all right, go away. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, Have next week. Next time we got Mistborn.
0: Woo,
1: Mistborn. And that's just going to be the prologue or
0: the intro or whatever? I would it's like to just do to the prologue. Three. Uh, it's just the prologue. I'd like <laughs> to just do the prologue. Really? Uh, okay. There's a lot going uh, on in the
2: prologue.
1: I might be able to it okay. on
2: stream Tuesday morning or afternoon. Like I feel bad for Dave because he's going to have to like struggle and wait. Well
0: no, we can we it. can speed up once we get to actual chapters, but there's a lot going on in the prologue. There's not much going on in like the first 4 or 5 chapters. All right, We'll figure it out. Come Just the prologue. Anyway. Okay. See you later guys. Adios. Alright, see ya.
1: This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are as I am reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. The so-called ghost is actually just old man Jenkins wearing a mask. So, spoiler time! Hold right, on, uh,
2: let, me, let me get the tag up. Yep, do your thing. So, you fear, if you're still here, Uh how much have you read? Like, you read Mistborn, right? Did you read any Stormlight archives? Only read the prologue of Mistborn. Well, All then right, we can't well, talk you're... to you about this. <laughs> yeah, we can't talk to you about this. So you go away yeah, too. You're getting rough You're getting raffoed. Sorry, you. Fear. I thought you read more. Tiro has read more. You have not. Yeah, Tyrus
0: like caught up on I think everything but uh, Mistborn era two.
2: All right, so I'm not going to answer your question right now. Suffice to say, you're in the same position as Dave. And you should continue reading, and all will become we'll talk clear about this later
0: as you as you get places. It's
2: true. just remember this is actually this is actually one of the things you can figure out you don't this is not like word of brandon type stuff here let me Let me leave you
0: with these words of wisdom wherever you go, keep an eye out for Johnny
2: the tackling Alzheimer's patient. you want to talk about pronunciation of character names. Uh, I wish Tori was here. Um, sort of. So, from what I know of Elantris, the way their language is, is that the Aeons, uh, the names are based on Aeons, and the Aeons themselves, they're all long vowels. Like, every- there's two vowels, and you pronounce both of those vowels, like, they're- they're long, they're not- no. Yeah. Every Aeon is
0: two syllables- each vowel is is long and a separate syllable um and then all of the aeonic words are based on them so you get ridiculous things like duke telrai or sarini or even even the name of the book that no one pronounces correctly including brandon it should be elantris but it isn't it's elantris
2: yeah um yeah Ray Odin. Yep. Based on Ray O. Even Uncle Kyine. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, it's the same sort of thing. And, and his Driok. Driok. Rio. So you have, the, again, Rio. But, I mean, if you listen to our podcast, you'll find out I certainly don't pronounce them all correctly. I can't even say, uh, was it Rin, Ryan? What? Wern. That's the one. I, think I can't even say his name right. I'm facepalming thankfully... right now. What's that? I'm facepalming right now. Okay. Uh, Picard facepalm. Um, thankfully, I feel like the pronunciations get better in the other books. Mistborn has a bit of a French thing going on. Which, again, nobody pronounces.
0: Like, including in the audiobooks. Like, Vin is just Vin. She's not Vong.
2: Ugh, that would be horrible. i go with Vin.
0: Yeah, um... The we exception some... in the audiobooks is Demu, uh, who yeah, yeah. who gets, like, straight up, you know, has a baguette, wears a beret, French accent, Demu. <laughs> That's
2: so horrible. Dude, listen to the audiobook. It's, it's in there. I'm gonna have to listen at some point, because th- this is funny. But I, I feel like Elantris definitely has some of the hardest pronunciations. Even though it has very basic rules, it just doesn't flow off the tongue. Yeah. Like, and I was it's... reading about... Go ahead. I was re- I was reading about Warbreaker. I was reading annotations there where he discussed a little bit about this because he, <sighs> he mentioned how this is his what he did for Elantris and this is what he did for Mistborn. So he wanted to take a different approach. It's sort of mix in Warbreaker. And it's like, he played around with different things, which is why you have, uh, like the priest, the head, the high priest having one type of style in his name, and then the, the, the land being a different style, that sort of thing. Vavini have a different, like her name, and that sort of thing. To tell her, yep. den. So it's like sometimes you have an apostrophe, sometimes you actually have the vowel, and sometimes you just have a double consonant. It's, it's a mix. Mm hmm. And then I think part of it is like he wants to see how fans pronounce these things too. Okay. Oh, like a part of it he's gotta be playing with us. But yeah, sometimes he embraces the fantasy tropes of of the constant or the apostrophe in the middle of a word. Like I feel like Stormlight has, has like the
0: best naming conventions as far as pronounceability goes.
2: Yeah. But that's really built on like the, the culture and the, the, the mythology.
0: Except for the Thalans. Good God, they have garbage names.
2: I don't know their names offhand. G- give me, uh, give me
0: the, one. The slaver guy, Tvlakov? Oh my gosh. There's a vowel in that name.
2: <laughs> uh, okay.
0: One vowel in a right, three-syllable name. Uh,
2: we can't talk about the pool if you fear still so here. I think he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. So just... Well, then, just for those of you who don't mind spoilers, because the tag is up, this is for everything Sanderson, the pool that we see in Elantris is what we call a perpendicularity. Um, well, it's what Brandon fan... calls
0: a perpendicularity. The fans have calling have been calling them shard pools until we actually got the proper name.
2: Yeah. I, I think we should use the proper name. But, yeah, I, I will occasionally just say it's a shard pool. But, it's essentially, it's a... It's a way to go between the cognitive and physical realms. Which and is potentially the, the
0: spiritual realm. I'm just not convinced that humans could survive there.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it it is connected there. There's a way to get to it. But it's like you said, maybe we humans can't go there. Um, the point is, it's typically from a shard. It tends to pull investiture in this certain location, which forms this... I don't want to say portal, but this pathway to connect the different realms. Which is why you actually need consent. You actually have to want to travel through the perpendicularity to get there. You can't just... You're not thrown in a pool and it happens. You have to
0: actively choose to go through. I wonder, if you're on Roshar and you toss, say... A spear into a perpendicularity, just on its own, not being carried by anybody with, with you know, a mind. Could that spear's spren, um, consent to like go through the the perpendicularity?
2: That's weird, cause that's Rocher specific. Yeah, I know he's discussed this in a word of Brandon. Where it's like, if you drop something in a shard pool, it essentially just goes to the bottom of the pool. It's not like it goes through the perpendicularity. Um, Roshar's but, a little different. But almost everything on Roshar has a spren. Yeah, I, th- I just think, though, it's... Okay, so in general, everything has a mind, a cognitive entity, even if it's dead. it still has It still has an orb chilling in the cognitive realm, which is why we have, you know... The land, the pool of water... Well,
0: oh, on point. Roshar, there's they're spheres. On Skadriel, everything's
2: just misty. It's super misty. I, there, I thought they had orbs as well, no? No. He, he walks on the water, so... We don't really get to see what the land looks like. Go reread um, Secret History. I, I had to reread. Everything's misty. So if that's the case, then not everything has a represent it's it is really Roshar specific that everything has a sprint. Right. Therefore it has a cognitive aspect to it. And things might might
0: work similarly on um Nalthus? Because Although I her- think it'd be
2: really hard to get a spear to say, Hey, you want to travel through to the cognitive realm because it'll be like I'm a spear. Yeah. Like they're not they're a little bit slow in the uptake.
0: Um so yeah. Nalthus might work similarly, because apparently, like, Nalthus and Roshar have very, very similar, like,
2: cognitive makeups, I guess. Because everything has a breath. Right. Well, sort of. And I, I guess it can have a breath, I should say. Like,
0: there's... Nalthus and Roshar are apparently, like, common stops for people from that other world.
2: Yeah, I think they're very easy to get to.
0: Oh, so in a thing you posted, I believe, uh, there was yet another um, world hopper on Roshar that I didn't know about before. Okay. Felt? Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. I read about that. I didn't spot him, but I'm pretty He's sure you posted blood, a thing. Right? Uh, no, he was a scout on the Shattered Plains.
2: Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was a scout with the group. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now.
0: I just, I didn't remember that there was also a character I, I was, with the same name in Mistborn. I wanted to keep Mistborn. an eye out
2: for him in Mistborn. Although I don't think he pops up until, like, late in, in the first book. Because he's one of the guards that switches over, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure I w- what it said
0: was that he was working for, um, what's Elon's last name?
2: Venture. Venture. Yeah, he was working for the Ventures. Okay, yeah, yeah, he works as a spy looking at Kelsier's crew, okay. and then he continues to work for Ellen, you know, after he's in control. Yeah. Oh, um, and so... Apparently on the Shattered Plains.
0: Oathbringer, um, I've I've finally made it into that. Uh, at one point, there's, um, Shallon's soldiers are sitting around the barracks playing a game that... Yeah was very loosely described. We get, like, basically no rules on it, but it sounded super-duper cool, and I would like this game to exist. Dear Brandon, please give us some rules so we can make this game exist. It was I bet pieces. you
2: fans have already created that.
0: I looked, and I couldn't find anything. Hmm.
2: Give it time. Yeah. You know, I almost picked up the Mistborn board game, it, but it's not quite my style of board game, so that's why I didn't really... Pull the trigger and pick it up, but I thought about it.
0: At some point, I wouldn't mind getting a group together and trying to play the the tabletop RPG. Yeah, but my being
2: an alamancer is
0: cool. I haven't been able to get my current group to read anything ever. <laughs> well, send them this podcast. Maybe they'll will get them into it. Well, I've been trying. I told them all about it. Nobody's listening. Yeah. You hear that, people? Nobody's listening.
2: You just want to get a reaction. I'm listening. <laughs> uh, Alright, we got anything else? Nothing in chat. Um, I mean, it was mostly to see what questions Dave would ask about. Right. And I'm actually surprised he wasn't really racked that much. Well,
0: he didn't thought, know to I ask about some of the things.
2: Like we couldn't really talk about the gods because that talks about shards, and we don't want to get into that until after Mistborn. Correct. And we have the perpendicularity, which we just sort of glossed over. Yeah, he it's he doesn't know to ask
0: about a lot of the things that we wouldn't be able to t- to tell him about.
2: Yeah. So he he's going to get that though once once we get through all of Mistborn, then we can maybe discuss something about shards. At least we can talk about shards in general. And then maybe we can talk about the shattering? Like, can... After he reads Mistborn, then I think the we whole can, trilogy.
0: I think we can get into shards, just not talk about any of them besides the ones on Cell and the ones on Scadriel.
2: Right, right. So or we do we about... mention Odium at all as shattering the ones on Cell? Nope. That's the question. Nope, I he doesn't know about Odium, But he does... Can like, we just we... say a shard has shattered him? Not say which one? Yes. Okay,
0: we'll go with that. Because that was information that we would have had at the time if we'd gone hunting for it. Yeah. We like just won't the, say
2: which one it was.
0: The name of Odium... Heck, even
2: even the name I of... I think it's a uh, letter. What? I think it's a, a letter in, in Stormlight Archives that it mentions what Odium did on Cell. Like to, I think so. Like, I think that's when it's actually explicitly mentioned. Although I think it was a word of Brandon before. I don't I don't think we had to wait for for um, Way of Kings to get that. I don't know. I don't remember. Cause I know that... Honestly, I started reading around when Way of Way Kings first came out. Like, that's when I started. Okay, I know that
0: as of Words of Radiance, we had... Or no, as of Way of Kings, we had the name of, of the Shardholder, Bavadin but not the shard she held, and we got that later, but I don't remember exactly when. Right, right. So I wonder when that was, or if there's any way of finding that out.
2: Oh, well. Yep. That's a problem no for problem. later. Yep. Alright, well, that's all
0: I got. Alright. Then, see everybody next week. Bye. Right.
2: Have a good one.
1: This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and at CosmereCast, or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Killicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.